This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 967, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, April the 6th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 967. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, April the 6th, uh, which, yes, is almost two weeks ago. So let's uh, get into it. Um... It's one of those things where I just haven't had a chance, a lot of chances to be reading lately, but uh, I do want to mention some of the books that did come out. They included uh, Batman Beyond number one, uh, which I didn't even realize they were kind of bringing another Batman Beyond book. Um, this is by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, so a very different uh, creative team than we previously got. Um, I'm excited to read it because, you know, I, I like the old book, and again, one thing I really enjoyed about it in general is it just felt very insular. Like, you know, you were just kind of having a, some fun adventures, and I never really watched the TV series, but, you know, I like that it was very, you know, they were trying to ground it in kind of current continuity, but, you know, extrapolated into the future, but it didn't feel like I needed to know current continuity in order to really get it, and that they would kind of give me what I needed. Um, so I liked it. Um, now, there was also Batman 122, which is Shadow War Part 2, which is, uh, I guess, Batman versus Deathstroke part, uh, Round 1, uh, as this says on the issue. Uh, another book that came out was Black Widow number 15, written by Kelly Thompson, who's actually going to be in the next episode of the show, so stay tuned for that. we got Captain Marvel Annual, not written by Kelly Thompson, written by Cronbeck, by the looks of it. Um, Deadpool Bad Blood, that was originally a trade paperback or original graphic novel, is now being put into comic book-sized uh, installments, so that's by uh, Rob Liefeld, so if you didn't get to experience it before and are interested, you can do so. You have Devil's Reign, number 6 of 6, uh, Earth Prime... Uh, Batwoman number one of six. I don't even know what that is. Is Earth Prime? Is that supposed to be from the TV series? I'm not even sure. There's so much stuff just being published, and sometimes I just have no idea what's going on. Uh, we got uh, Fantastic Four forty two, uh, Flashpoint, Batman Night of Vengeance number one by. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. Is this even new, or is this the original story? See, so, yeah, I don't even know. Oh, this must be just the original three issue series because this was. Uh, Sorry, I'm just kind of doing this on the fly and, and discovering things on the, on kind of the list of things that came out. You got Marauders number one, which is I guess part of the relaunch by Orlando. You got Monkey Prince number three, uh, One Star Squadron number five of six. Is that nears its conclusion? We got She Hulk number three. Love the colors for this book. Uh, Spider Punk number one by Cody Ziegler. Uh, you got Strange number two by Jen McKay. Uh, Suicide Squad, uh, The Thing, Wonder Woman Historia, The Amazons. Uh, World of Krypton, number five of six. Uh, they seem to be doing a lot of these six-issue ones. And we got X-Force, number 27. I think this is its big return. No, I can't even remember. I uh, got X-Force Annual, number one. Uh, and you got X-Men Red. And I like the kind of uh, the corner box kind of design at the moment. So you can kind of tell it is part of the Destiny of X books. So I like that kind of uh, aesthetic. Uh, so that's everything that came out. And then the books I'm going to talk about. First of all, we have Batman Killing Time, which... Overall, I would say I enjoyed it. However, I did find it's very Tom King. Tom King likes to play with perspective. She likes to deal with time. I also just recently got caught up in Batman Catwoman, which I found to be kind of an incomprehensive mess because I found that there were so many time jumps and like within pages and like panel to panel. And I don't always know what I'm looking at because it's it's just going jumping around so much. And I found it... I, it made me realize that Tom King does that a lot, but in Batcat, he's doing it like to an absurd degree that to the point where like I'm not even sure if I know what the story is anymore or what's even happening in current continuity, why I should care, and 
the future stories are almost too much, and I don't really care for those characters that much. And, I don't know, the whole thing is so weird. And a book that I would say, generally, I'm not enjoying. Which is too bad, because I was definitely, like, after... It's so interesting. Batman was, you know, pretty good under Tom King, although, again, I would say it got bloated near the end, overly self-indulgent, and then it kind of ended. And then you get Batcat, and it just feels like it's doing its own kind of weird, almost an Elseworldly thing, and I'm not really digging that either. Um, anyway, so then we have this, and this is, so this is a newer book, so this is Batman Killing Time. Uh, this is the second issue. It's definitely a gorgeous comic, but there's so many time jumps, and it's easy to start to lose track. And then you're kind of like, well, I don't even know if I care, because I, I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think you can constantly shift like this. I just think... I like a narrative structure that goes forwards. And if you want some flashbacks, fine. But they have multiple and you keep going backwards, but then you're going back forwards again. And I just feel like that's playing a little fast and loose. And I shouldn't have to be like flipping pages to be like, where am I? Where's the here and now? This is how many minutes before? This is how many minutes before that? Like, I just feel like that's not even just challenging. That just feels like it's work. It feels like you're not giving me a story that's you know, easy to follow. Like, it might be really well-written, and it's Tom King, so he's a good writer. He knows how to write, but, you know, his words are nice, but I think the plot is just so all over the place, and I found that really frustrating. So this is written by Tom King, artwork by David Marquez. Again, David Marquez killing it. It's fantastically illustrated. It had colors by Alejandro Sanchez and letters by Clayton Cowles. So you have a top-flight creative team, but a writer who has you know, a bunch of kind of, I would say, bad habits and ticks that he does and leans into constantly, and that is causing this to not be nearly as enjoyable. And as this is DC, of course, it's a six-issue miniseries. That's what they do right now, a lot of those. Um, I do like the six of six, you know, or two of six, or like the fact that they're very forthright with it. Some places kind of make the, that number smaller. Or if you're Marvel, you'll just, you know, make a book look like an ongoing, but just end it like a miniseries at the end. Um which, you know, is it's for a company that created the Punisher miniseries way back in the day, which had constantly fluctuating uh, number of issues in the title. It's pretty on brand. Um, anyway, so I, I got a great creative team. I just am not enjoying this as much as I could because I found that storytelling wise, it's just not it's a little incoherent because you're jumping around so much. Like, it's just it's hard to follow because I'm like, where am I? Where am I? Like, it's not always and it's just it's constant. It's not like you have, again, I'm okay with some jumps in time. Like, you know, you have a, a TV show like uh, Lost, you know. You had a, you know, uh, an, a narrative moving forward on the island and, and, you know, multiple characters and stories being told on the island. And then you had a flashback. But it was it always felt like it was pretty easy to understand where you were. And I just feel like with this, I don't know where I am half the time. And he's constantly moving the dice. And so I, I don't even know where I am. And uh, last but not least, we have Moon Knight. Uh, so I read like four or five issues at once. This is Moon Knight number 10, uh, written by Jim McKay and Alessandro Capuccio on art, with Rochelle Rosenberg on, as the color artist and uh, virtual calligraphy's Corey Pettit on letters. I thought this was great. Um, I'm really enjoying this take on Moon Knight. I mean, every take on Moon Knight is a little bit, you know, kind of different. And, and this one, I would say, definitely leans less into him being crazy, but a lot more into, you know, Kanshu. And I like the idea of the Midnight Mission. Um, I like that he's up against the Zodiac, I think is really interesting. And, um, you know, there is a bit of a reveal here, which is really interesting. Uh, I think the artwork is stellar. Um, I like the interpretation of Moon Knight. There's a lot of great shadow work. Um, you know, it's just the colors are really dynamic. Um, and Moon Knight can be a tough one, right? Because he's wearing all white. But, you know, they find shadows and they have to find some blacks here. And it, it feels 
accurate. And again, we've had a lot of different interpretations of the Moon Knight costume, so it's not even like you're playing with something that you have to touch. Um, I like that there's a lot of um, fl- fluidity in how you know Moon Knight is is drawn, and I'm really digging it. I've I think this has been a great book, and you know, obviously, it's well timed because they want to make sure there's a Moon Knight book on the stands uh, when you have the Moon Knight television series. So there's no surprises here, uh, but I would say that I may be enjoying it more than I expected because you know, there's been I, w- I was recently on Marvel Unlimited going back and reading the David Finch Houston um, uh, Moon Knight, and I found reading it again, and maybe it's because I'm also because I'm using it digitally and you can kind of go panel by panel. It's a bit of a mess. Like, I think the story is pretty strong. I think the art by Finch is at times like, I don't know what's happening in the panels. And I and as I get older, I do think that, like, when I was younger, I was kind of like, I wanted it to look cool. And Finch's artwork looks cool. But is it always clearly and cleanly articulating the storytelling? And I would say no. It's often not. It's often unclear what's going on. And sometimes there's a lot of panels, but not necessarily a lot of detail. So you're you're, you're just kind of you're kind of going with it, but you realize it's it's you know it's 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 missing something. So uh, again, not something I noticed much when I was younger. Um, you know, because I mean, not that I'm old by any means, but I mean the the Houston uh, stuff was. Yeah, it's not what like fifteen years ago. So like, you know, I would have been like in my early twenties. Like, I had a very different appreciation for comics in my early twenties. Uh, one of my regrets is that as I was starting to pick up more books and had limitations on my budget, I dropped Spider Girl, which is a book I loved for the first four years. That was a huge deal to me when I was younger. I loved Spider Girl, and then I just I don't know if I, I if I felt like I was growing out of it or maybe it was. You know, I look back at it now and I'm like, it's got, you know, it has serious stories, but it definitely has a nice lighter touch. And I think maybe at the time I just didn't want that. And I, was, I wanted something that was more serious. And like, I was reading Ultimate Spider-Man, which definitely had like a more of a gravitas to it. and wasn't as like fun and comic booky. And now I look back on it and I'm like, oh man, you're stupid. Like, you, you love this stuff. That, that's part of what you love about comics. And some of that kind of cooler, edgier stuff, as you get older, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I like it as much anymore. Like Ultimates, I loved it when it was coming out. And I, I read it and I see so, so many flaws and issues with it. And maybe it's just because I, I don't need cynicism anymore. I don't want the cynicism. I want the optimism. I want, you know, I want my classic superheroes. I want there to be less shades of gray sometimes because I don't want my heroes to be gray. I want them to be, you know, you know, not... You know, I don't want them to be tortured in the same way. Like, you can have feet of clay. Like, Spider-Man always had things push and pull, right? But he was always a hero. And then you had a whole period where, like, heroes weren't heroes anymore in the kind of, you know, early, mid-2000s. Which is, again, it's an interesting period to kind of look back on now and be like, oof, what was going on? What were we all thinking? Um, but you know, it's just, you know, you live in, you live and you learn. So looking forward to, uh, the next week's comics, which is the uh, 13th of April, which, I mean, obviously they've already come out. Uh, some of the highlights include, uh, Batgirls, Batman 89, which I thought was over, but I guess it's not, uh, Batman, Catwoman, Batman Urban Legends, Flashpoint Beyond, uh, we got Suicide Squad Blaze, Superman Son of Kal-El, you got Wonder Woman, uh, over at Marvel, you've got Alligator Loki and Infinity, Infinity Comics, so I should actually just boot up my app and read that. Got uh, also X-Men Unlimited Infinity Comic number 30. There's 30 of those? Jeepers. Got Star Wars, Black Panther, Captain Carter. You got a, a new Electra number one. You got Eternals, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Venom. You got What If Miles Morales number two. You got uh, X-Men 92, House of XCII, which is clever. 
um, you know, way of saying 92, number one, and then X-Men 10. So I will probably talk about two of those books on our next episode. Uh, but thanks for listening. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. So thanks again for uh, listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.